Uh, my name is Sarah Boyd, and I'm the cider maker and one of the owners at Lockmore Cider here in beautiful Prince Edward County. And we're uh, we're here on a, a Wednesday afternoon or late morning. Uh, dogs in the background chewing away on some grass as we have a chance to chat and sample. Uh, what did you bring us here to start with? So uh, first up, we've got our 2019 Golden Russet. So the 2019, their Golden Russets were having an off year in the area, so there isn't very much of it. And because there wasn't very much coming from the local orchards around us, what came from our field made up a bigger proportion of the blend. And because it's dry farmed, like non-irrigated, it gets a lot sweeter. So it's nine and a half percent, which makes it more akin in a lot of ways to a white wine, um, barrel aged. So it's picked up a lot of, um, the golden russet often picks up stone fruit sort of aspects to it. And this one's more like the dried fruits. It's also traditional method, so it's been disgorged um, and it's 0% residual sugar, so it's bone dry. So tell us about the yeah. facility and the place you have here. You opened yeah. a couple years ago. We opened our tasting room last year, but we actually bought the property in 2016. Um, it's 35 acres and we started, we bought it with the intention of planting a cider apple orchard. So we started planting in 2017 and um, we've been adding to it every year. We've got about 26, 27 varieties of cider specific apples um, over just over 10 acres now. Um, and we have gradually got our production space and tasting room built. And so that opened last year and eventually we'll be using more and more proportion of those cider apples in our, in our ciders. Mm -hmm. That is the intent. And then the, uh, the facility as a whole is mm -hmm. gorgeous. Thank um, you you have uh, an opportunity for people to come by and sample and try? Absolutely, yeah. So this year has been a bit different, but our tasting room is usually open to the public um, and it is still open to the public for tastings, but we do it all outside. So we've got in the front um, for the benefit of those of us listening, there's about 10 tables in the front, picnic tables, and then there's another six or so overlooking our orchard in the back. And the ones in the front have the advantage um, and benefit of some shady, of some sugar maples. So nice on a hot day. Hot and then day. out back oversees all those trees that are planted. Exactly, yeah. yes. Uh, so you started here, as you said, you got the property in 2016. What got you into doing this? Yeah, so it was a long, it's a roundabout route. <laughs> Gary and I, uh, my husband, we met in the UK. He's Irish. Um, and I lived there for a long time. And as you know, the UK has a huge tradition of drinking cider. We went a lot to France, also a big cider area. Um, we moved to Texas for his work and we were surprised that we couldn't find any of the cider we liked to drink. There was cider on the shelf, but it was very sugary and not the same. And so we thought, oh, let's just make it ourselves. And then we came to quickly realize you can't buy the cider apples to make the ciders that we like to drink. Then it was like, okay, well maybe we'll plant a few apples, and, but we were in South Texas and you can't do that there. I'm originally Canadian, so I thought if we're going to move and start an orchard, I would like to come with our kids back up to Canada. Then we narrowed it down in Canada based on apple growing regions. And Prince Edward County is so close to big cities, so beautiful, historic apple growing area. And it's like, there's people coming here anyway to visit the wineries and the food establishments. So it seemed like a great choice for setting up a cidery. And you're probably one of the very younger 
families in the group area as well. So it's a it's a really unique space to be in overall because uh, you're sort of that first wave of the new cider makers that have come mm -hmm. back into play. Uh, have you noticed uh, a camaraderie in the area? Uh, all of that kind of stuff as the dogs fight in the background? <laughs> yeah. For sure. Like the cider makers there, when we arrived here in 2016, there was County Cider and that was it. Then Apple Falls Cider opened um, on Campbell's Orchard. Amelia and Matt opened that and they make great cider too. Um, and then the last two years, I would say, there's been several more open and that's amazing because the more people try different ciders, the bigger our cider community and the faster it will grow. So it's great to see more and more people doing it and doing different styles. Like every different cidery in the area does something a little bit different. And that's a huge strength of this area. And we're starting to see, as you said, more pop up and they're being added to tours and groups and all For that. For sure, yeah. We see lots of wine tours coming through. And as the wine tours come through, we get more and more people who want cider. There's one or two people in the group who don't necessarily want, want wine and they want cider. Uh, we're in Hillier, which is very much wine country, like the wine area of Prince Edward County. There's a high proportion of wineries right here. So uh, there's a lot of wine tours going by. And because cider is um, gender non-specific, like it goes 50% women, 50% men, wine tends to skew, especially wine tours tend to skew more female. Often people want to come here if they're with their partner or whomever that doesn't necessarily want to go for wine. So we're in a great place from that point of view. And also the, the limestone soil that we have, we're hoping will bring the same terroir aspects to our cider apples as the winemakers want for their Pinots and their Chardonnays. Have you found it a challenge in the area that you are to get consistency year from year or has that been uh, easier than you expected? I think it's hard getting the right apples. Um, we could buy lots of different types of culinary apples, but finding the apples that we want to use um, and having that flavor, like the golden russet this year, we would have loved to make a lot more of it, but we can't. Um, they just isn't any apples this year, last year I should say. We're hoping for more this year, um, but 2020 is turning out to be a very hot summer. So I think our apples, again, are going to be very different this year. It was hot early, then there was a frost, and then it's been really hot and dry since. So it's either going to, all the apples will fall off because there's not enough water, or it's they're going to be very high alcohol ciders. And uh, I, that sort of brings us to one of the, uh, the, the new things you have. You have a new designation. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes. So when I... I went to CiderCon in January and I sat an exam um, and I'm a certified pommelier. So they told me I was the third pommelier in Canada, um, which is amazing. And it's similar in status to a Cicerone or a sommelier, um, knowing a, this is sort of second level that the American Cider Association recognize and final level that they do right now. Um, knowing all about the history of cider, the different, uh, being able to identify the different cider styles, being able to serve it, being able to pair it with food is a big one, and identify faults. Um, those are the main aspects of it. And I was really interested in doing it to be able to communicate more effectively with different people to try and get more drinkers of 
into the cider world to expand people's horizons about what cider can be and what it is. It's got a huge tradition in lots of parts of the world and there's so many different styles. So it'd be amazing if Ontario got further along that board. segment of cider that is growing in the LCBO, so that's amazing. And when you got started, you, like I said, were that part of that second wave. So when we started looking into things in 2015, there's about 50 cideries. There's now over yes. 110 in, in yes. the province. So we, there. yeah, that's when we first visited to try and just determine where we were going to go. And we came to Ontario in 2015. Um, we've been talking about it since 2014, 2013, but yeah. And there were a lot less. And now there's over 100, I think. Is that right? Cideries in Ontario, which is amazing. And uh, 275, about that, in, in Canada now, too. So, uh, which, which you landed here and started up. And you started first as Settler's Cider. And we then did. And changed. You, we did. Why? So we chose our name before we came back to Canada. Um, I've been living out of Canada for 17 years. And we found out in the middle of last summer that the term Settler's can be offensive to Indigenous Canadians. We had no idea um, and it completely does not reflect who we are or what we want to represent and so we decided to change it as soon as we could and so we did that over the winter. And Lochmore means Great Lake in Irish Gaelic. So Much more suiting. Much more fitting, yeah. yeah. And uh, that's the English language. It's not very accommodating in many ways. So what we're looking at is our orchard and it, this is one half of our fields and it starts at the left and works its way. Um, and you can see the trees are put together different ways. Some of them have just got stakes and some of them are on a currently three wire, but it will end up being a four wire trellis system. Um, and they're a lot closer together. So this is what you call dwarf trees. They have smaller rootstocks. Um, they are tied to the wires like a grape would be. Um, to help it provide stability and the tree um, uses less energy creating the wood and more energy creating fruit faster. So these trees will produce fruit faster, um, which is why we planted them. The big downside is that they need more irrigation and they don't last as long. The lifespan of these trees is a lot less. Um, but we wanted to get them in the ground fast because we wanted to make the cider that we liked with the cider fruit. Um, the ones over there are slightly bigger semi-dwarfs and though they were planted in 2017 as well and you can see they're starting to look more like trees. Um, the semi-dwarfs you see on this side are just planted about two months ago so that's our extra five acres that we have planted um, and they'll end up being maybe 12 to 15 feet tall um, but they will last a lot longer as well. And we have 26, 27 varieties. Um, mainly European and French varieties, bittersweets, bittersharp, so they have tannins in them. Um, big blocks that we have, we've got a lot of Dabinet, um, we've got some Kingston Black. A lot of it's an experiment um, because nobody knows if these varieties will do well on these rootstocks in the soil. 
because um, no one's done it before. So, <laughs> or or they lost all the information when they did it just down the road and never right. got that figured out. <laughs> Quite. So that is also legitimate that um, the information isn't around. And even our soil is different from Wapoos. So we've got a clay loam, and it's a very rocky, gravelly clay loam, um, which is a slightly different soil type. So it affects the trees in a slightly different way. Um, we've got lots of dabinet. We've got Harry Nasser's jersey. We've got Ellis Bitter. We've even got on the final row a bit of my own experiment, one of the varieties that Charles, um, uh, Claude Jolicoeur, sorry, um, has found on his orchard due to Charlevoix. So it's a Quebec variety of bittersweet, an early bittersweet. So we want to see if they do well. Um, the ones we're looking at right in front of us are Harrison apples. So these ones are bittersweet, bitter sharp, depending on where they're grown. And they're actually from New Jersey. So this is an American, one of our American varieties of cider apples. And this was known as the champagne of the States when it was originally made. Um, and they paired it with the Campfield apple, which is right there, not doing as well. The Harrisons are super happy in this location. Um, so we're really excited to process these and see if we can get a small batch of a single variety out of them. Um, it's supposed to be very sort of syrupy, very viscous juice, which should lead to a nice cider. So. And total space? About... Over 10 acres in total right now. Um, we might end up putting some more in, but for now this should give us enough. It's certainly enough work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. At some point it becomes from enough to make what you want for enough to actually do it all. Yeah, yeah. and it's certainly at reaching that limit. Yeah. Um, the other thing, like our orchard, we try and manage it as minimally as we can using the um, integrated pest management approaches. So we look at, you see the white things here, they're traps. So we monitor the, the bugs. There's like pheromone traps to see which bugs are coming so we can monitor and see if we have any insect pressure and what thresholds. Um, we also have these like red ties and they're um, mating disruption pheromones. So they confuse the bugs when they, because they smell like the female partners, they can't figure out how to mate because they can't find the, I know, yeah. funny, right? Um, but the whole orchard's very dry right now. Full of fossils too. Oh, from, from way back when? Yeah. Interesting. Limestone bedrock. Uh, well, thank you so much. Um, if people want to get some of your product, where uh, where is it available and how can they follow you? Yeah, so we're on Instagram at Lockmore Cider Co. On Facebook is the same handle. Um, we're in Hillier, Prince Edward County, if anyone's out for a trip. And we ship all over the province. So online, lockmorecider.com. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Barry.